Hello, and welcome to the Veriditas podcast, where we believe leadership is first and foremost a spiritual path. My name is Dr. Lauren Borden. I'm a professional certified coach, industrial organizational psychologist, and your host. Together, we'll bridge the divide between the practical and the spiritual, the conscious and the unconscious, and mind, body, and spirit, all to support you in deepening your growth so that you can create the impact in the world that only you can have. It's so good to have you here. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. (sighs) Taking a deep breath before we get started. Today, I am joined by the brilliant Juanina Molana Parra. Did you hear that? I tried to roll my R's. I did my best. Might not have turned out very well, but... Juanita is a brilliant life and leadership coach. We met back in our coach training program years ago. Okay, not that many years, but it's been like four or five years, something like that. And have were fast friends in the program and have stayed friends since then. And Juanita and I, one thing we have in common is that over the last year or so, really have been going in on our respective healing journeys. And... I really believe that when you're moving through that sort of experience, like when you're really starting to excavate some stuff from a therapeutic perspective and challenging some of the things that perhaps you've been carrying around from your childhood and are learning to love yourself in a deeper way, which let's be honest, we don't learn these things in real life. (laughs) Uh, It's really important to have community. It's really important to have sisterhood and someone who can move through you or with you through the world and say, hey, I see you. And Juanita has totally been that for me. And um, I'll give you a little bit more about her bio here in a minute. But the thing to know about the conversation that follows is that we, in this conversation, it's, it's kind of like if you were to be a fly on the wall for two coaches, so self-development oriented people, chatting over coffee (laughs) and talking about the things that they've learned from their healing over the course of the last year. So a little bit about Juanita. Juanita is a life and leadership coach. She's an MBA and has a long history of working in the business world before shifting to her private practice over the course of the last few years. And so now Juanita works with change makers and people who are looking to make a social impact and a wider impact in their organizations and their businesses and in the world. Juanita also is a total badass and she's from Colombia, which means that she, she has quite a large, quite an extensive background coaching Spanish speakers and is bringing the self-development work to Latin and South America, which is just so cool. And Winita is a total badass, and in this conversation, we dive into a lot of different things, including the importance of connecting with your body, what it looks like to set boundaries in a healthy way, how having compassion for yourself is access to deeper relationship with other people, what it means to actually love yourself and love your shadows and the challenges you have and the, the, you know, if you're not familiar with the term shadows, like the darker parts of you or the parts of you that need healing. 
And the difference between simply knowing something and actually embodying it. So we dive into one of my favorite topics, which is feeling your feelings. And what is that actually, like, what the heck does that actually look like? So one of the ways that we kicked off the conversation that I'll offer to you now to get you thinking is Juanita brought the question, which she got from a podcast, a different podcast. When you are getting a massage, <laughs> so you've had a situation where you've paid someone to give you a back massage, gone to a masseuse, spa day, like whatever the context is, and you notice that they're, they're pushing too hard on your back or they're talking too much or and you can't quite relax because it's not actually what you need, how do you be about that? And so, like, what is it that you do? What's your go-to? How do you typically handle it? Are you someone who swallows it? Or are you someone who says, hey, this is what I need? And Juanita posed this question to me as we kicked off the call and quite a fun conversation ensued. So I will, I won't give it away. I'll let you listen for yourselves. But as you listen, I would encourage you to look for yourselves about how you handle those situations because it gives you insight into how you are about asking for what you need in your life and asking for support and setting boundaries. With that little tidbit, let's go ahead and dive in. Speaking your truth, right? Like saying what you really feel, saying what you really think, because that's part of it. There's this part of an episode of that shepherd's armchair expert where he's a with Brené Brown and I don't know why I think this is hilarious but I think it's hilarious is because I find it so uncomfortable I feel it in my body and so he asks her like so what type of person are you like if you go to a massage and the and the massage therapist is exerting too much pressure um no, and the massage therapist, yeah, it's exerting too much pressure. Do you tell them? And so in my mind, I'm like, I mean, it'll take a while for me to say anything. It has to be like, it starts hurting or it's like really not doing it for me. And Brene Brown's answer is something like, yeah. And not only do I tell them like, yeah, I need the pressure a little stronger. And just so you know, I'm really not a chit chat person. So thanks. It's <laughs> like, Brutal. Oh my God, I could never do that. And it just like, like seared <laughs> in my mind because yes, I would never do that. But also I would really like to do that because I love massages. I don't like to, I mean, there's like one person I like to chat with, but because I've known her for years, but if I go to a random place or like someone, I don't know, I don't want to talk to them. I just want to be there, but it feels so bad to be like, Hey, I actually don't want to chat right now. And then I'd feel like Brene Brown gave me permission to set my boundary of, yes, I want more pressure. And no, I don't want to chat. I'm like, so I'm yeah, having a, made me think. a total moment right now around this too, because I literally had a massage on Monday. And as I was at the <laughs> massage, she was, she's, for, so she wasn't giving me enough. She was so sweet and she was very, she was actually very good at what she was doing, but she wasn't providing enough pressure and she was, she was like a little socially awkward, which I can identify with. Cause I'm also, I think I am also a little socially yeah. awkward and I like fed off of the socially awkward. And I started talking like <laughs> I started being like, Oh, this must be uncomfortable for her. I'll just carry the conversation. Meanwhile, I'm like, I would be so much more comfortable if we, if we just, if I just laid here and if you leaned yeah. in a little more and I'm like, I got it. 
Oh, that's something to look at. <laughs> but I think that so like just that a I mean, there's just a million things that go into that like little interaction. Like it's one knowing yourself enough to know like I want chit chat, I don't want chit chat, I want it like stronger, well, like whatever it is. To having the having the courage and I think also kind of like self is it self-assurance, self-confidence, self-grounding to be able to say something and not be like, oh my God, I'm going to hurt this person. Oh my God, they're going to think this. Oh my God, like what's going to happen where it's like, mm. like, it's fine. It's a request. It's like, it, it's just, it, it's fine. And this is a basic one, right? Like when you start ex- like putting this in higher gradients, it's like when you're asking family members for things that are important to you that may not be important to them and you're setting those boundaries and like that's a whole other gradient conversation but it's a similar skills and thinking about that is that I started doing at a massage where I was like okay I'd rather start practicing here than at like the high gradient conversation of setting boundaries in relationships 100% it's so much easier it's so it's so much easier in like those small moments I actually am, and I'm reflecting I almost told you this I had a break a breakthrough today actually with Breakthrough might be the wrong word, but I had like an, oh my God moment. I've grown, I've grown so much because I, someone reached out to me and was like, Hey, like, I heard you have really good breathwork practitioners in your circle. Like, I'd love to be able to bring them in for free on a Saturday to do this thing. And I was, and I was like, I sort of felt the tension in my body and I was just like, oh yeah, like I actually don't align with like, with that request and like sort of this general business practice. So I wouldn't feel comfortable like bringing in this person. Like, I wouldn't feel comfortable, like bringing in anybody who's sort of in my circle. So I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna like, not, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was like, I'm actually not open to that, but try this person. Cause I know that they are. Um, and like, and also how are you doing? You know, like you can also stay in partnership when you write, do the boundary. But I had a moment afterwards where I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much less anxiety than I would have, if I were like doing this dance of like, well, maybe, maybe if you, you know, like, and and just give myself permission to just say the friggin' thing. Totally. And it's, I love that you shared the whole story because I can hear also where it starts, which is like, I felt it in my body. Right. Like I, you did, you felt it. And, and, and people may feel it differently, right? Like some people are more connected to their body. Some people are just like, I had this thought and it's like, that's my tell that whatever it is, but being connected enough to yourself that you're like, Ooh, wait, check in and then go through like the whole thing. Well, and I'm, I think it's like, as I don't want to make it a gendered thing, but I think so, so many women and like so many people in general are so used to just stepping over that. Like I have a funny feeling in my body and I'm just not supposed to feel that way because I'm supposed to be nice or I'm supposed to kind of like people please or be more intentional about how I care for other people's feelings than my own. And like the thing that's true in this moment is that if I step over this inner boundary that's happening, like it's going to cause more anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So much of the work, we talk about the work all the time. I like, I did like air quotes, like, like we do like air quotes, like the work all the time, but the work can mean like a gazillion different things. So just saying this out loud, like too much of the work, I'm going to say of knowing myself, healing myself, uh, strengthening relationships with others, kind of like 
those those dynamics, yeah, those things, um, for me has come back to knowing, being more connected to my body, being more connected to my body, being more connected to my spirit, being more connected to my heart, like all these things. So body-wise, like knowing those things, right? Like when I feel something, so like I'm someone that feels in my gut, like solar plexus is like a full signaling system for me. So I feel it. I feel it right away. I'm super connected with my family through my gut. So I know when there's like the specific type of pain that I get, something's going on back home. So it's like, hey, mm. what up? Da, da, da. I know when like, it, it, like when there's something that isn't good for me, either food wise that I'm going to eat or some like choice that I'm going to say yes to that. It's actually not great. I can, I can feel it. Not just because I know, but because I spent a lot of time connecting to that thing for the longest time. It's like, oh my God, Ken, what you were saying, it's like so annoying. Like, oh my God, I have a stomach ache again or like, and it's like, hey, what's going on with that? And getting curious about like those alerts that, that, that my body is telling me, like, what, what is this telling me and taking the pause, right? Like the pause, like the work is such a big thing, but like, the pause. Okay. What is this telling me? What is this feeling? Sometimes it may just be that I had already made the wrong choice and I had dairy, which I really shouldn't have. And here I am, but like even things like that, right? Like just what is this about and inquiring in those things. And that just changes my relationship with myself and my relationship with others. Mm. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so good. And actually the last part too, like about how it changes your relationship with others. Yeah, because I, I hate cliches so deeply, but I hate them even more when they're true. And I'm like (laughs) this, but like those things that people say of like, you cannot have compassion for others until you have that compassion for yourself. So true. And it annoys me so much because that's, I think compassion is my life journey. Honestly, it's kind of like that lesson that I keep coming back to and not as in like, oh my God, here we are again. Although sometimes that's what it feels like, but in a like a expanding spiral, right? Like, okay, here we are, but like at a deeper level. Okay, here we are, but at a different level. Okay, here we are, but in a different context. And so that is kind of that connection that I have where like when I can, when I can, when I can be curious about how I'm feeling, when I can be curious. So I I gave the example of the body, but like feeling wise in terms of, so that's like sensation, feeling body sensation, but feeling in terms of emotions of like, okay, what am I feeling? What is the emotion? Naming it. Because I, I I didn't have, and I'm still very much expanding my emotional literacy. It's like sometimes it's going mm-hmm. to the book and looking at different emotions and being like, okay, which one fits more? And da 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 Going through that for myself then allows me to do that for others too. And so when I am in conflict with someone or in a, I think, yeah, I want to say that first, like in conflict with someone, I can get curious about what they may be feeling. Mm. 
or when I'm like, I'm working on compassion on myself and not going with like shame language and being very specific, right? Like, okay, I'm not a disaster. I just did something that caused a bit of a disaster. Different things. (laughs) He's not being an asshole. He's just having asshole behaviors right now. And it may be small things, but like that makes a huge difference. That actually creates the pause for me to not be like, he's being an asshole and he's a da 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 and which, right? Like it, it doesn't actually get me anywhere. It doesn't help my anger either. It's not like helping me release it. It's helping me like just put gasoline. Oh my gosh. Well, and what you said was so important and profound because it's also an ability to like first going inward and being like, okay, so there's a part of me that can be an asshole or there's like, there's a part of me and that's even shame for sure. Shame language, but like, there's a part of me that can be mean or that can be sort of like put distance between myself and other people. Or there's a part of me that kind of like creates messes or disaster. like look at going inward and seeing where we have those things inside of ourselves so that when it happens in other people, it's like, oh yeah, I, I've, I've dealt with that in myself. Like I've looked at that. It's not something that feels out here or something that I don't have intimacy with. And so I don't have to pull back from you when you're in that. Something you just made me think of is that even, even if it's something that, that I don't see with that, that I don't see within me, even if it's a behavior that I don't see within me or that I'm not Mm -hmm. ready to see within me or whatever it is. The fact that I can look at parts of me that have behaviors and attitudes that I don't like. Mm. And that discomfort, that like deep for me, like middle of the body, throat choking discomfort of like, oh, why do I have to do these things? Like being with that, sometimes resisting it, but hopefully more and more allowing it and being with that, with that like. I mean, like we said, like the parts that I don't like about me allows me to see the parts that I don't like about others, even if it's different parts, even if it's different behaviors, even if the behavior on this person is that they're like things that I, that, that, that are hard for me to be with someone that's having a, what's the word? Um, inconsiderate. That's mm. acting inconsiderate or having inconsiderate actions. Like that's really hard for me to be with, but I can sit with that. I can get curious about it. I can get curious also about like what else is going on in their lives because either I can see that I can be considered or I can see that I I can also be things that I don't like. Like I, I, I can be incredibly judgmental and critical and I don't like that. But right, does that make sense? It does actually, the thing you're, you're saying, or like one of the, you're saying a lot, but one of the elements that's really sticking out to me is sort of, it's like every time we go inward and go, okay, there's a part of me that, um, is, is like really judgy or it's like, there are these, we all have these sort of parts of ourselves that we resist. Like I have, um, I talk to my therapist a lot about, it. I call it like my rage monster and she's just bad. Like she's just mad as hell all the time and like wants to fight. She's like taking her earrings off. She's like, let me at them. And I don't, and like, there are moments where I'm like, oh God, I really wish like I didn't have that part, but Mm -hmm. me, like you developing the muscle of being in a relationship and, and removing the judgment from these, like these things about yourself that you don't like 
you're developing that muscle of being with those kind of gritty parts of yourself so that when they show up in other people, you have that, you have that muscle developed. You're like, this isn't unfamiliar to me. Like I've, I've practiced this and it allows a deeper level of intimacy with other people. Yeah. And I think as you say it like that and all, I think that's what the cliche of like, you cannot have compassion for others until you have compassion for yourself. That like the way that you said it right there, that's what it means to me. But that's what I realized mm. now. Like, and that's what, so going back to like, well, I, hate, I hate the cliche because I heard it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But now it actually makes sense. Not just as a cliche, but like as a whole kind of like process, life experience, body, emotions, feelings. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that does make sense. It's embodied. Well, I think that's the thing that can be so frustrating about like these universal truths or cliches. Cause it's like, I know it using quotation marks, marks, yeah. but it's like, there are these inflection points and these moments along that spiral that you're talking about where suddenly they become embodied. Well, and so this now, I mean, we can go on a tangent about language, but like even that word embodied and like embodiment and that kind of thing, people use them all the time. And I just didn't understand what they meant. Yeah. Because it's a weird word. Is it a real word? Like, is it a real word or is it like a word that's become like, I mean, this could be a rabbit hole. I don't know. Even, but it's, I'm just it's kidding. well, it's funny, actually. I had a conversation with uh, my partner's brother, Jason, who you would get along very well with. And he, we, he was telling me about how it's like the word, even the word embodiment is a very Westernized word. And like, mm -hmm. it's something that exists and it's so infused into, for example, like Eastern philosophy and healing, healing modalities that it's just because in, in the Western world, we think of things as existing in our minds that okay. we even need to have a word of embodiment. Whereas like, it's just part of their world. Anyway, that's a, that's a rabbit hole that we don't necessarily okay. need to go down, but, but, it, but yeah. It, it, and, and maybe I mean, and maybe that's also why, like, the word didn't make sense to me. Also, maybe the word didn't make sense to me because, like, I'm not thinking with my mind, which is the whole point of it. But, <laughs> you know, there's all these things that I think that that we may know. There's all this, oh, I speak with myself. There's all these things that I may, like, know intellectually, logistically, conceptually, or things that I, words that I see and I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, that's what that means. But actually leaving those words, experiencing those words, practicing those words, concepts, whatever it is, is a whole other business, which I guess is life. You've been on a healing and growth journey for a while now. And so in these moments where it's like, you know something versus it's sunk in, like it's dropped in, it's quote unquote embodied, or it's like, you know, it on a deeper level. What's that look like yeah, for you? I have a very one that like, I, I, I think is more clear, kind of more clear or more like seared in my memory. But this, this thing about feeling feelings and like, you have to feel your feelings and when, when hard things I mean, in general, right? Like you also want to feel like the joys and that's all whole thing. But like when something hard happens, you really need to feel whatever emotions are there for you to experience. 
sadness, despair, anguish, heartbreak, like all that sort of thing. And I get it. Yeah, of course you have to feel your feelings and then like, and then we'll be fine, right? And so for a long time- And then the feelings will go away, right? Well, that's the point of feeling them, Lauren. And so (laughs) for the longest time, I think um, I've I've, I've, uh, worked a lot and I say worked a lot more than struggle because I hope I'm working with it, like with like a depression and anxiety and and I would often feel that depression, depression, the way that depression looks like for me is like the mentors, like the Harry Potter, the mentors, and they just come and they just like, and then once one comes and the other one comes and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and you're more alone. Like just that, 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 that has usually been my experience of it. And as I've gotten, I feel like I've gotten better with it by feeling the feelings. But for a long time, what I thought feeling the feelings was about was like understanding the feelings, understanding what is going on and why this is happening. Right. Like, so this, um, uh, I don't know. I feel too raw to give a real life example, but like, it, like I don't know, this thing happened and I, 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 I'm heartbroken by it. Hmm. And so I'll just think about it and be like, yeah, I mean, this is really sad. I mean, this really sucks because of this and this. And I also understand that this is happening because I needed to learn about a uh, boundaries. I needed to learn that I cannot do it all. Uh, I needed to learn, you name it, right? And so like understanding, making sense of things, and then we'll be good. But then I wasn't really good. And then I kept making sense of things and it all makes sense because it is for the best and because I am learning and like, this is for my growth and okay bring back to my mind all the books I've ever read and you can heal your life and yes the power of now and like okay and 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 understanding all these things but not actually at any of those points feeling the feelings until weeks later I'm like bawling or like for me, sadness is more a more familiar feeling that anger. Mm. And so like just totally devastated, crying, laying on the floor, and then really just feeling despair and kind of wondering how I got here since I had already made sense of everything. And so things should be fine. And it's been a process of like, hey, feeling the feelings is not the same things as understanding the feelings. And making sense of what happened. Yeah. And the different order of those things does affect the results. It's so, so true. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking about that too, about how also so often it's like people who are actually natural. It's, it's almost, um, paradoxical because it's like so often the people who are like really natural feelers and who feel things really deeply, it's like, 
It's like, well, I'll, I'll understand it. Like we sort of use, and they even teach this. I think they teach, they teach this in a lot of therapeutic like modalities where it's like, well, I mean, I must your- have gotten this from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we both have this, we both do this thing where it's like, oh, I'll just get, I'll get the lesson. I'll understand all of the things I'll be able to, un- I'll be able to analyze it. I mean, we even go back and forth over Voxer all the time about like, I think this is the lesson. And as long as I get it, then the crunchy bits will go away. Right. Then it'll be done. And then I can just go on and like be frolicking through the, you know, frolicking through the woods with my puppies or whatever, you know, like, and it's, and also for those of you who are listening, like, I think like both of us have, I think in the last year, like moved through these kind of like dark night moments where it's like, yeah. And like, whoa, like this is, I'm sort of finding a new level of depth inside of myself. And, oh yeah. Um, and like, what for you? So there's that difference between like noticing when you're intellectualizing versus like actually giving yourself space to like move it through your body and feel it and let it hit you fully, which can feel really out of control and really like just vulnerable. And like, Mm -hmm. what are some of the lessons that you've gotten just from, from that process of like alchemizing some of these moments? It doesn't get better. This isn't one of the things that like, you keep doing it and it'll get better. Well, okay, here's the thing. My definition of get better is that it would get less uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's not what happens. It does get better in that I I can feel my feelings quicker. It does get better in that I have more words to describe how I feel. It does get better in that like now, for example, like I used to isolate a lot when I started going down the dark tunnel, I would start to like call people less and reach out less. And I, I think for context, like I live, I live in Indianapolis. I have friends here, but friendships that I've built, I'm going to say more recently, like the last few years, but at the beginning, not that much. My family, my sister, who's my person lives all the way in Colombia. Most of my, the people that I talk to more often are on either East Coast or West Coast. And so it's very easy to isolate. You just stop sending texts or you just stop calling. Not true, actually, when I say it out loud, because people will call me. But in the moment of darkness, nobody will call me and I won't call anybody. And this is how I isolate. So long way of saying that is that that has something that is something that has gotten better too. Like now. I reach out when I'm feeling bad Mm. instead of crawling and waiting until like, I'm like all nice and perky again. Right. So that has gotten better. So there's things that have gotten better, but it doesn't get more comfortable. Mm. Like being sad is really uncomfortable and like being heartbroken and devastated and like going between so when you're lo- hopeless, you've lost hope. The thing before resignation, when you're like getting to like resignation, getting into hopelessness, that's a horrible feeling. It no. really, really sucks. I think what has changed is that I'm more accepting of that sucky discomfort. Because I don't know why, because I think like, because I realized not, intellectualized, but actually realized that 
I can go through things and I can go through things. I don't know if faster, but like stronger, more grounded, more connected to other humans, more connected to myself, all of that. I can get through things that way more when I feel those like uncomfortable and like not pleasant things that when I keep them on the side. So like, if I feel my sadness right now, it's also less likely to turn into a dark despair. So I think that's one thing. Like, Lord, I feel a lot of emotions. Like I feel and I feel strongly in every way. And I think, and physically, I got diagnosed with Hashimoto about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And that's an autoimmune thing that affects your thyroid. Came to learn your thyroid controls everything with your body, which is like great to know. And so that controls a lot of things around like my energy, around my um, my mood, around all these things. And so I say that for context because it shouldn't matter. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making so many caveats. But I often struggle to like, am I feeling this? Because again, feelings or body sensations. So am I feeling this because I'm feeling this? Or I'm feeling this because there's something that isn't working, right? So am I tired because I'm tired? Or I'm tired because my thyroid is like so-so? Am I feeling emotions this strong? Like, do I do I feel this heartbreak because of this thing that happened? Because this is heartbreaking? Or because I just feel too much. Mm. And my therapist would ask, like, why, what does it matter? (laughs) Like, why can't you, like, feel, like, and and it's true, like, why does it matter? And I think for me, it's like, and this is part of the journey that I've been in, and and I think especially this year is, like, giving myself permission to feel it either way. If I'm tired because I'm tired, if I'm tired because I'm actually like having lazy behaviors today, or if I'm tired because my thyroid isn't working, can't I just give myself permission to rest regardless? If I'm absolutely heartbroken by this, who cares if someone else wouldn't be heartbroken? Who cares if someone else wouldn't be like sobbing, but would just be like, a little upside and having a donut, right? Like, but it's hard for me to navigate that. Mm. Like, it's a permission conversation, which sucks because like, no, I know nobody, this is something I haven't like, it's still like in the understanding, but not totally experiencing way of like, nobody can give me my, give me permission, but me. And that sucks. What? And it's like, it's such a it's such an important conversation, but because I think I mean to your point earlier. First off, it's like in terms of these these emotions and sort of being in this conversation with yourself about what's going on with you is so it's so important in like being able to build the relationships that that we want in like all all of these sorts of things, and also we we end up we only give ourselves permission to feel them if there's utility. If it's like, well, this this yes. emotion has to have a meaning. It has to have a message. Um, I, or I have to be able like my sitting with it, I'm sitting. It's almost like we're with little children where 
we're like, and we, and we are with ourselves in many ways, the way that we were as children and what we experienced as children and the model, most of the model that exists in the world is some version of like a kid is crying and we're trying to figure out why they're crying. So we can make them stop crying. And like, so that we can fix it so that they stop crying because it's uncomfortable to be with crying. And there's this, the thing that's so profound about what I'm hearing you say is that when you're doing deep healing work, like you are, but also just in life in general, it's like, can we just give unapologetic permission for us to be exactly where we are and feeling what we are and receiving what we need to out of that, which might be nothing. It might just be like, this is just part of the human experience. And I just get to soften into that too and be with myself and know that I have myself regardless of how long it takes, regardless of whether or not there's some like magical insight at the end that we get to run off and like bring to our coaching clients. It might just be like, oh, this is really deep and dark, but I'm here with you. So when you have the pill, can you give it to me? I know. (laughs) But, but, but really. No, but yeah, I mean, I think I make light of it just because of how uncomfortable it is for me to sit with that. And I'm not there yet. I don't know how yet. That's not entirely true. I know that too. But it feels, going through life as like, mountains that keep going up but it's like they go up and down and up and down and up and down and you're further up but there's some downs that like feel really down and I feel like my that I'm liking this down that feels really down and that next stop is is all about permission which going back to what I was saying about compassion earlier I think that's my next loop of compassion is through that (laughs) self-permission You know, it's funny. We were having this conversation. I had a therapy. We So y'all, we have the same, Juanita and I have the same therapist. In our my session yesterday, I found, we do a lot of parts work. We do in, internal family systems, which is, for those of you who are listening and don't know, it's like the, it's one, it's one of my favorite modalities. I've started using it in my mm-hmm. practice and everything. Because whenever we have a certain experience that's happening internally for us, it's almost like we kind of distinguish these different parts of ourselves that play different roles that show up in those moments. So you might have a part that's kind of like judging the situation. And then you might have a part that feels really hurt. You might have a part that feels really angry. You might have a a manager that comes in and tries to like control and plan and like strategize to make it all get better. Um, And all of these parts like almost form this family system of a way that they work together and they usually protect your most vulnerable parts. They protect the parts of us that are tender. And when you're able to kind of peel back from them and watch, you can, as yourself, when you're most connected to yourself, sort of be the one who who cares for all of them um, and who's in relationship with all of them to bring equilibrium back. That's like a very high level summary, but we, I was working with our, our therapist and I found, or my therapist and we, and I found this part, like we were working together and I found this part that was literally just in the fetal position on the floor and like, wouldn't talk. And I was, and I'm talking to my therapist and I'm like, she won't move. She won't talk to me. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it was the funniest thing because it's exactly how I am with myself in these moments when I feel 
really down where I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, bitch, get up. Like, I'm like, why are you laying on the floor? Like, I don't know how to be, what's the, where's the button that I need to hit to like, make you feel better. And it's, and the thing I came to was like, I'm like, oh, I just get to like sit with her and be like, Hey, you're not alone. I love you too. And that's okay. And it's okay for these moments for me to just like feel down in these moments or have moments in that when my alarm goes off in the morning and be like, Oh, like I life, life, there's so many friggin' feelings in life. And I don't know if I can hold it all today. And like, that's beautiful and sacred too. Yeah. Totally. Totally. You made me think of like similar, like one of my parts kind of realizing. And this may connect to what we were talking earlier about, like listening to ourselves and like what our bodies have to say and our feelings and all of that. But like, this part of me, and I don't remember how we got to her, but she was like, so a therapist is asking like, so what is she trying to say? And my part said something along the lines of like, I'm not going to tell you because you just keep yelling at me when I'm trying to say <laughs> the thing. So like, no, which is totally what I do in my mind, right? It's like, there's things that I that I need to know and things that I like, like that different parts were trying to tell me. And I'm like, fucking shut up. Cause I have things to do and I have things to manage and I need to keep it together. I need to keep it together. I need to keep things together. Things need to keep moving. Chaos, not an option. No permission to that. Like keep going. I don't have time to listen to you. And then it's like, well, no wonder then, then there's like all these different things that kind of either explode or get super tangled or get, like like a rock like chewing gum mixed with like I don't know something else um but because it's not allowed I I don't allow it out and it's been a lot of the work of like okay everybody gets to sit at the table with a nicer voice everybody gets to sit at the table we're all here what needs to be said and having extra care for those parts to your point that I like on the side like not saying anything be like and being like hey what do you need to be able to say something and sometimes it's like like hey permission and knowing that you're not gonna yell at me because what I have to say you won't like well and like being able to give yourself enough space to slow down and hear these things is so important. And I think actually to your point at the top of the call about like bodily sensations, I think a lot of times, at least for me, I'll notice when, when there's like a part of me, that's kind of like tapping me on the shoulder, like, Hey, got something to say, or like, you're not paying attention to me. It'll come out as just like, today I'm nervous or today I'm sort of snappy or today I like my patience is a little shorter than it normally is, or I just, I just feel a tension in my body and being able to actually take those moments to like go inward and check in versus just blow by them because I've got a deadline or whatever is how we love ourselves. And I mean, this is a whole other conversation that we thought about having, but then we found other things to talk about, but just like thinking about rest and thinking about making pause and, and, and all of that having that be an intentional part of the day, not because there's something going on, but just because we can, because we deserve, because we need to. 
sometimes you may not notice that you're being more snappy. But every, I mean, in my, in my ideal self world, I meditate in the morning, I take a pause in the middle of the day and I meditate at night. And so if I have those check-ins, then those check-ins are there. And maybe I'll notice like I'm having a blast of a day and I feel like a million bucks and I love all the food that I'm having and love my life and the sun is beautiful. Or maybe I'll be like, oh man, I didn't realize this conversation that I just had. I actually wasn't really kind in responding to this person, but I wouldn't have noticed that if I hadn't like a already habit practice check-in because I didn't notice it. So I wasn't going to stop and be like, how was I this time? No, like, so that, but with everything, right? Like just having intentional resting, pausing places, practices every day. What is that? That's so amazing. What does that look like for you? Because I'm sure that there's someone listening to this who's like, at square one, who's like, well, I know I need to start taking better care of myself and I've got a crazy finance job or whatever. Like, where do you start in that conversation? I think it depends on the things that that feel work best for you. So I'll give like a few different options that I do, but it just, again, depends on how it works. So there's people that find Something like going for walks, moving their body, like that really helps them create that pause. I'm not really that type of person, like that that doesn't give me as much of a pause that I that that, that helps. But like if that's the case, then like go around the block five minutes. If you have a dog, go walk the dog. The dog will appreciate it. Right? Like, <laughs> or play a song and dance a song. That lasts like what three minutes, four minutes. That'll be just like a, a pause, something that will allow you to like just be with yourself. For me, things that I do is like in the morning, I have like a, a juice, a smoothie in the morning. So I get up, I make it, and I sit with it. And that's that's it. Like I don't sometimes I meditate after, sometimes I don't meditate at all, but but that act of like sitting in silence, like I'm not writing, I'm not listening to music, even if it's like super calm music. No, like I'm just sitting in silence with my drink. Again, I don't know how long it lasts, but I don't think it's more than 10 minutes. And it gives me a really good way to take a pause. And you can do that anytime of the day, right? Like after lunch, you grab a coffee and you just sit with your coffee. No earbuds in and no catching up on like my 10 minutes allowed of social media for the day. Not like just sitting. So sitting with a beverage, I think that works great. Journaling works really great for me. And I think it's because my mind goes at like a million, like it starts to get really jumbled. So writing really helps because it just kind of like downloads things. Uh, Sitting with a beverage, journaling, those are the main things that really give me a pause. And then meditation, I really like, and I think that's it's just, I think with meditation, some people get scared of it because it feels hard. I will say there's a million ways of meditation. And I so think many, that's what yeah. sometimes forget, right? Like 
I do, the first thing I learned was like transcendental meditation. And so really that is just like, that's sitting in silence. So you can do that. There's guided meditations and there's, so I use Calm. I love the app Calm. Like they have daily ones that are last 10 minutes. I love, I do them sometimes in the morning. Like that's, it's a paid app, but I love paying for it. Uh, my sister loves Headspace. She's a Headspace person, loves it and loves everything they have. And then Inside Timer is free and they have a million things there. I love Inside Timer. So like there's guided stuff. There's things that help you connect with your body. So I've been doing like this yoga nidra stuff on Inside Timer. That's been great. Mm. That's been really, really great. Um, but yeah, I mean, sitting... I think sitting in silence with a beverage is like the most accessible thing I've found. I love that. And it's incredibly accessible because I'm even just reflecting for myself. It's a little less the case now because we've both, I think we've both been sort of like, this is something that we've both been working at for a long time. But the, like, if you would ask me five years ago when I was in my corporate job, like how much time I give myself to just be quiet. I would have said none. I mean, even if I were mm-hmm. um, oh. like Mm-mm. drinking a smoothie, commuting, like I'm listening to a podcast, I'm responding to emails between gym sets. Like it, it, there's this, this, it's like the moments that you're whatever, what moments do you have in your life where you're not focused on creating something or like moving towards a goal and just let yourself be present. That's it. And To be very honest, like the silence and being in silence part has come over the last two and a half months. Mm. And that's because I've been like, I took uh, a very intentional break this two months of slowing down, like slowing down dramatically. And that's been one of the side effects of it. Because I'm, I was, I'm usually the type of person that like, I'm, I'm at home most of the day and like I have music or I have a podcast or so that, like actually resisting the pool. And now it's been really, I felt really proud about it, but like not even having the pool of like, okay, I need to play something and just sitting. It's been very recent because I, I was doing a lot of meditation, practicing that kind of thing, all of that before, but not actually just being with myself in silence. So good. I've been thinking about that a lot recently in terms of how we, I'm like how often, um, I create a sense of productivity by consuming content. That's not mine. hundred percent. And it's like, I'm like, wow, this is so, and I'm, it's great. I'm learning constantly, but recently, like over the course of the last two months, I've gotten a similar call of like, chill out sit down, sit down. Y'all can tell my inner voice is like, not always super friendly. It's like, sit down, stop talking. No, I'm kidding. But it's like, slow down and, and kind of unplug and having these intentional unplugging moments. My gosh, so many little, so many nuggets in this conversation, Juanita that are, and also like, yeah, just in general, this is just a super fun conversation. Are you ready for, I'm thinking this is a good time to transition to uh, I've been calling them rapid ish fire questions. <laughs> so, so, I'm ready. I'm so ready. So, medium speed fire questions. 
What is, Juanita, how do you define leadership? Like, what does leadership actually mean to you? Hello, I'm sorry to pieces. I'm watching Ted Lasso again. If you haven't watched it, go now. Um, so good. But it, he, so I just watched this episode, I think, yesterday. But he defined, I, li- I really like how he defined it. It's like helping people be the best that they can be. I really like that. Because I think that's such a big part of leadership. I think for me, it's like, it's a big facet of it is collaborating with others and bringing others along on really wild ideas that you have, but bringing others along. And I think that maybe that's what I have more present to leadership because I think that's the hardest part. Well, I don't know. There's my hard part, but that's the hardest part. Like leading people, bringing people along when you have an idea that will change the world, an idea that will change your community, knowing that you cannot do it alone and you need others and the leadership to actually, one, acknowledge that and two, bring others along with that. I think that's all, that's often what I think about when I think about leadership. Juanita, what are the, when you think about, it's like you've been on a spiritual journey and a growth journey for a while now, like out of, out of all of the things that you've tried out of all of the experiences you've had, what's been the most, or one of the most transformational experiences or modalities you've, you've experienced? This isn't technically, this isn't really a modality, but this is something that was transformational. I feel a little vulnerable saying it, but uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Father Richard Rohr. Uh, he's a Franciscan priest from New Mexico. He came to me in different ways last year at a moment where I was really going into this dark night and I really needed it. And it helped me tremendously. And I think the reason it was transformational is because, so I grew up Catholic, uh, but not really going to church and stuff, just kind of like, I say kind of like culturally Catholic. I've gotten in like a lot of like internal fights with, with, with the Christian faith because of very loud people that I don't agree with or very bad practices from the church that I think are terrible. Like all, all the things, right? Like all the things you hear about, all the things that are talked about. And it made it really hard to be Catholic or Christian or anything. And listening to Father Richard War was like coming, like it was a reconciliation of my spirituality and my spiritual self of the things that I had been trying and learning, playing with my oracles, learning about the moon, human design, like all these different things, but also the angels and the prayers that I know about. And the like, I didn't learn as much about the Bible because I didn't go to church, but like the basics that I know, like those are the stories and the traditions, like Christmas, like those things. It was, I could reconcile those things because of the way that Richard Rohr talks about Catholicism and the faith and something I thought, I think, I still think it's hilarious. And if people hear it, if they thought the same thing as we, I think they'll think it's hilarious, but he has a book. They did a podcast on it. And the second chapter of the book is, or the first chapter is Christ is not Jesus's last name, which I didn't know that. (laughs) What is Jesus's last name? Does he have a last name? I don't know. I don't know. Christ is this whole concept. And if you go find the podcast, the podcast is called um, Another Name for Everything. 
and he talks about what Christ is. And it's like, for me, it was mind shattering. It was mind shattering because that's not what I, like, I, I really did what my life think that Christ was just blessing. And so his views on Catholicism, his views that he has a place called, he founded a place called Center for Action and Contemplation. It's in Mexico. I get their, their, their newsletter. That's part of what my ritual in the morning is like reading the newsletter because it just has a contemplation, like, and quotes people going back to the depth, like both people that are um, of the Christian faith and have contributed like to Christian faith, but also philosophers and other people. So like, He's been on podcasts with like Oprah and Bring Around, so you can find him there too if you're curious. But that it's it seems like the most traditional part of my spirituality, but it's been the most, yeah, the most transformational. That's amazing. I'll I'll need to, I just wrote his name down. I need to circle back. Also, this is a sidebar. Do you know that Jesus's actual name was Yeshua, which means which means Joshua? So like his name was actually Joshua, it wasn't Jesus. I mean, so many things. There's so many things. (laughs) But I think it's just learning, even the way that there's some, again, because I went down the rabbit hole with this and there's some homilies from Father Richard Rohr on Spotify. Um, And even his homilies like that, 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 that was never my experience of going to church. Like I have never been in church with a priest like him, and I'm sure there's more of him. Like, I don't mean to be like, he's the only one, right? Like, yeah, he's just the one that found me. And I hope, I think part of my quest in person is to find a church like that. And it doesn't have to be Catholic. I think for me, it's just, it has to be the Christian. I want it to be the, a Christian faith church, mm-hmm. but finding a place like that here in Indy where I can go and like, I know I would listen like the really dark times. I would just listen to his homilies and, and they're great. And, and it is, it's, it's the same Bible that the loud Christians, the so-called Christians that are against LGBTQ rights and are passing all these laws and stuff like the same people. It's the same Bible. Yep. And I really think it's an actual like love compassion, community, human way to read it. I love that so much. And I feel like there's so much healing available there too, because I know at least personally, Mm -hmm. myself included, and I know so many people who sort of like distance themselves from the Christian faith for similar reasons, because it's like, there's so much good there, but my God, there's so much judgment like kind of layered into or these other things that it's like, I don't, I'm like here for that, but I'm not here for that. And, and it's like, but there is, there's beauty and there's good there. And so I love, I'll have to check, I'll have to check him out. That's a solid recommendation. Um, Juanita, when you think about this new generation of leaders sort of in this new world that we're stepping into post COVID and just like with all of the things that our world is facing, what is, the one quality or way of being, or like if you could wave a magic wand and gift this new generation of leaders, any, uh, any type of like wisdom or quality, what would you want them to have? A courage and empathy. Like, and I think, I think a lot of 
too, in the context of not just the U.S., but for me in the context of Colombia and mm-hmm. and where the country is and everything that's happened over the last years, thinking of a peace process, thinking of continuing and increasing inequalities, thinking of... Uh, Corruption, thinking of all these things that I think many of us thought they, once our generation came and once our generation was the one in politics, things would be different. And now we're here. And like, we're not the young ones anymore. And so thinking about like, what I, I think what is needed is that it's empathy and it's courage. I think it's empathy in everything that we've talked about today. I think it's empathy for others, for other suffering, uh, for other circumstances. I think it's courage to say the things that need to be said, to call out the things when it's not okay, when what is being done is not right, uh, even if it's the way that it's always been done, to have the courage to make really tough choices because I think, and that's the case, I think in politics and everywhere, like. I mean, shit, sometimes you have to let someone go. And that sucks. It really sucks. But sometimes it's a hard choice you have to make. And when you, I'm, I'm listening to Barack Obama's A Promised Land, and it's super long book, so it's been a while. But just, I find that fascinating too, because it's like, these are tough choices. I was telling you, I was watching uh, the... Uh, five days at Memorial, which is the five days after Katrina hit at a hospital in in New Orleans. And it's the tough choices. Like you need empathy and you need courage to make those choices because there is no right or wrong in in many of them. Like just when it comes to like the whole country decisions kind of thing. So yeah, I think if we can develop that for ourselves, if we can help develop that for more if we can definitely develop that for kids that I do think that would change everything Juanita if um for those those who are listening who would like more of you and like to like to interact with you in some way or want to connect with you what what's the best way to do that where can they find more of you so uh, my website is called jumpcoaching.co so you can find more stuff around me there. Um, you can subscribe to my newsletter there. It's called Jumpstart. It comes every other week. I'm leaning more towards communicating or like sharing that way because of everything was talked about, about depth and about like just longer format, all of that. Um, I really like my newsletter. And so if you want to subscribe, definitely go there and you'll hear more from me. If you want to chat you can book some time with me there too and if you just want to reach out my email is just my name juanita at jumpcoaching.co yeah Yeah, and if you message me on social media it'll take probably like months for me to respond because that is not my way of communicating (laughs) i feel like that's an important caveat that's a so important to put in it's like do not direct message me you will hear nothing yeah 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 uh Juanita, this has been such an impactful conversation. Y'all, if you, yeah, if you are intrigued by what we talked about today and like are looking for more of Juanita, you should absolutely hit her up. Um, like you've, you've been what just so 
I've, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever actually been formally coached by you, but even just being, sometimes just you get some trickle down coaching just by like being in proximity to a coach and being good friends with a coach and like your reflections and your questions and just the things that you see for people are so profound and delivered with so much love and with this kind of childlike wonder that makes it so powerful. And so for, if you're having any inkling of reaching out to Juanita, you absolutely should. And we need to just thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for this. This was so much fun. And I really appreciate this. And I really appreciate you. Like you have been and have brought so much depth and healing and love and fun to my life in general. I just, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. And we will see you next time. 